0: Welcome everybody to another Darko Audio podcast. I have a very special guest with me here today. It's somebody who works for a HeadFi store. Is that right, Jeremy?
1: That is right, John.
0: So Jeremy, can you tell us who you are and what you do?
1: Well, first of all, hello everyone from Singapore. My name is Jeremy Lim. I am I like John said, running helping to run a HeadFi store. And we called Zeppelin and Co. So we started out recently as an audio cafe, what we like to think of as the first audio cafe in the world.
0: So it's a cafe that also sells headphones and DACs and headphone amps and portable players and things like that.
1: You've got it. So when we think of audio and especially the case in Asia, uh, we do think of something quite transactional in the sense that it can be difficult to enter as a hobby and as a passion because of price tags, a lot of technical expertise. And so the pairing of coffee and audio is not as haphazard as it initially sounds because when you put um, a different transaction on the table in front of the customer, all of a sudden walls are broken. And so by, well, putting coffee in the menu, people buy a $5 cup, and then after a while, we, we feel a little bit more at ease with each other, like the tension's gone. And we're able to begin a conversation that eventually can become a friendship. And it happens quite a bit.
0: Mm. So basically, you're taking the the apprehension away from the customer because a lot of customers walk into headphone stores or hi-fi stores and feel immediately nervous because they're confronted by so much gear that they don't understand. And I guess there's a a feeling that maybe you have to buy something or you're wasting somebody's time. Or on the flip side, some people don't feel that that sense of shame at all and they're quite happy to waste the store's time. mm, You know, so,
1: I mean, how do you feel about that? We have our share of people. I think we've had the privilege of meeting all sorts in this industry. Uh, But I think we're onto something because we've just grown so much. And I think we see... A lot of our interactions turn into meaningful conversations, not just about audio, but about music, what they like, what, what they're like as people. Um, oh, and so it's just been brilliant. It's been Coffee actually has been a, a door opener for us, even into the real side of our business, which is selling gear, headphones, um, media players, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think you've nailed it there, John. Yeah.
0: Um, do you. Think. I mean, because I, I was talking about this yesterday with somebody. I was saying that the the, the coffee mindset is very similar to the audiophile mindset. Oh, is it's that? It's you know, you know, like it's it's a way of maximizing an experience, right? How do I get the best tasting coffee? How do I get the best sound? Again, all subjective as far as I'm concerned. That's right. It, have you have you seen those parallels?
1: You know, it's an interesting thing because. Um, what we did as a shop was to hold a sound workshop with the Korean mobile phone manufacturer, LG. And we told people, a lot of first-time audiophiles, let's say, people who have not been uh, introduced to the hobby, that it was Mm -hmm. a lot of exposure. And over time, the equipping to tell coffee beans apart, to tell different milk temperatures apart would... Uh, apply itself too into the world of audio, and so you know we try to empower people, especially first-time listeners. I think I should stress that first-time listeners are a big part of our target public. To try and ease them into the hobby and just dip your toes into mm. the water, and then they'll find out that it's actually pretty easy. And I think we we most importantly want to see enjoyment on the part of uh, the new faces we reach, and then hopefully turn them into uh, fellow members of this hobby, which is a lot of mm-hmm. fun. And yeah, I can see the parallels there. They are pretty strong.
0: I mean, do you ever get people that come in just, just drink coffee and leave? And they're they, just there for the coffee?
1: They are, but increasingly we, we, we see people come in for the coffee and then they walk out with the most expensive coffee they've ever bought, which would be, well, maybe a pair of headphones or something. But really, I, I think naturally when you look at a cafe, with a lot of headphones and display naturally and a lot of people listening at the same time naturally you're drawn to ask what this is all about and we do get those questions i think Mm. that tree is in this there's obviously links to this concept because we still have so many people to reach the number of times i have to introduce what zeppelin and co is to the public is um uncountable every single day Mm. yeah
0: I mean, I think it's brilliant because you, you, what you're doing is giving something, you're giving people something to do whilst they're drinking their coffee, like listen, listening to music, right? And they can do it at this, I presume, at this headphone station or this headphone station yeah. or... Well,
1: there aren't so many stations. I think it's just a free space with seats and do whatever you like, really, uh, no drinks at the bar. call me that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So you don't have drinks at the audio bar, but you no, let people bring definitely. gear to, to, the, tables to or, the tables or not? Yeah,
1: just because they're like expensive amplifiers on the audio bar.
0: Now, having because I've seen some pictures of your cafe slash store already on your Facebook account, I believe. Mm-hmm. And one, one thing that struck me was how young... Everybody is. I mean, is there something going on in Singapore where all these headfire guys are just? They all seem to. They all look like they're about twenty years old. But is that is that is that a Singapore thing, or do you think that's an Asian thing, or is that is that a Zeppelin and Co. thing?
1: That's a really interesting question, really, and I don't think there's any right answer about this. But I think if we mm-hmm. look at it from a societal point of view, it is probably an Asian thing. And if we look at it from an industry point of view, it is also probably a hi-fi thing, what we call hi-fi for headphones. So mm-hmm. back to the Asian thing, um, in Asia, I think we are a bit more space cars. We see a lot more living densities. And so the opportunity to have big living rooms, big listening rooms, diminishes. And so headphones become a really good point of personal listening. Personal audio And mm-hmm. Asia is a big thing simply because Asians, as a lifestyle, we, we move around a lot more. And so a lot of people are likely to own a good pair of in-ears earphones or and open back headphones to listen to at home, but don't have mm-hmm. a nice pair of bookshelves or floor standards. And if we look at the industry I'm talking about, Hitfi, I think that qualitatively, it's come leaps and bounds in the last three years as a business and from a techn- technological standpoint.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I think that the ticket to entry in Hitfi is unique as well because at Zeppelin & Co., if we look at our price tags, we have something that can start at twenty euros and go all the way up to twenty five thousand euros. And mm. so that is a bit of something for everyone in Hitfi. I think that's golden option for us to introduce new listeners to earphones because twenty euros is not expensive at all. But for the enthusiast, someone who's been in this hobby for a very long time, I think we're able to keep them interested in something a little bit more uh upmarket. And so mm. HitFi is a really good place. At the same time, obviously, title and Spotify, um, as questionable as ethics are sometimes, I think they empower the listener. I don't think the music listener has had it better ever. Mm, okay. To answer your question, yes, there's a lot more young people in the hobby in HitFi and in Singapore and at Zeppelin and Co.
0: Right. And see, I think, I mean, because you, you the demographic of your customer base I think would is very enviable from the perspective of say the USA and manufacturers over there. And you, I mean, when I've been to shows, audio shows uh, in the USA. Now I'm talking more about loudspeakers, not so much headfire here. Mm-hmm. The question always comes up, like every single time, is like, how do we get more people into um, the pursuit of better sound, whether it be speakers or Headphones. I mean, Can Jam up until this year uh, was it was at Rocky Mountain Audio Fest, mm-hmm. and there are younger people there. I think they definitely drag the average age of Rocky Mountain Audio Fest downwards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I guess I know a lot of people that attend these shows. You know, do do look around. A lot of manufacturers must be looking around, going like, "Where is our customer base going to be in twenty years?" Mm-hmm. where is he going to come from, which is why I think there's this sort of undercurrent of angst about how to get young people into it. Mm. Now, when I look at a store like you and I think, well, you're obviously doing a great job in attra- attracting young people. Thank you. And I wonder how much social media plays a part in all of that. Um, I know that a lot of manufacturers are on Facebook, but you know, my problem is, Jeremy well sometimes when i go to tag a manufacturer on instagram for example mm. they're not there right and i'm thinking why are you not here because for me being on social media isn't an add on to my business or my operation right. it it's it's fundamental to it and i'm i'm i would guess that you probably feel the same way
1: it is and i'm i'm going to be sorry i'm sorry for going on a long winded tangent here but full disclosure I only got Instagram a year ago about when Mm. I joined Zeppelin. So to me, um, it's also been a challenge to understand how younger people uh, consume their content. Uh, Mm. I personally think of social media like any form of media, traditional um, broadcast or below the line, social media is a means to an end. Um, the means is Facebook, Instagram, and the end is obviously branding and relationship growth. So we, we at ZEP, we think of our social media identity as distilled from our philosophy. Uh, I like that you've broken down the age groups in audio. Obviously, mm-hmm. we do try to uh, reach out to young people. But more importantly, I think we also try to reach out to new people. The, the keyword mm-hmm. is new, um, and Zeppelin is privileged to have a uh, customer base as young as twelve years old, rocking a pair of ZMF headphones. Icons, huh. Uh, huh. right up? No, not kidding. Uh, hidden, no, I, I believe you. <laughs> buy with pocket money, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, you get the idea. And someone as old as forty years old, for instance, walks in has never ever put something better than I. The iPhone earbuds on and is blown away by the quality of a 120 USD iBaso earphone. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: So the opportunity is ripe to reach all ages. Now, speaking specifically about social media, uh, I think Mm -hmm. social media happens a lot faster and that ties in with what HitFire is, which is a very fast moving business. Uh, At the end of the day, a social media. An Effective social media implementation requires a good media plan like any business. And I think Zeppelin's privileged to have a media department, If we can consider like three out of five people in one department, a department, we're privileged to have uh, trained media professionals, two of which have worked in advertising and one Mm -hmm. used in journalism. So if you see where I'm going here, it's the crafting of a story and a message that at the end of the day, it's uh, required to maximize the potential of social media. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to be an ad hoc thing. We want it to be central to the message we're spreading. And if we look at audience again, audiences again, you know, the, the choices they have in terms of media to consume is so wide. You're competing for a very small uh, time frame of attention and mm-hmm. so I think audiences crave good content they crave meaningful content memorable content and we've we've been able thankfully to build our credibility as a voice a public voice on hitfi um, and and on social media really where a lot of new people are are looking you know um, untapped potential in mm. a market they're all there yeah. I think
0: you've said, you, you've actually mentioned a, quite an important word um, for me in terms of social media, and that word is story, telling a story, rather, you know, not using, you know, when I first started out on Facebook, I would use it to direct redirect people from Facebook to my website, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just this very simple tool, but I think over time, I've learned that 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 can get boring, right? That's just, it, it just seems a bit, and it also it comes across as a bit lazy. Yeah. So you have to, I think, I mean, I'm just talking about Facebook here. We can get to the other networks in a moment, but mm-hmm. I mean, how do, you, how do you approach the Facebook account for Zeppelin and Co.? Well, Facebook,
1: uh, as I've told you, social media has been instrumental to Zepp. And the mm-hmm. reason is very simple. I'd uh, like you uh, perhaps Darko, I guess, started out as a website. Zeppelin and Co. did not start out as a website. We actually started out with Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. Tree years in. We're just starting to put together the, the skeleton of a website, believe it or not. Uh, we functioned mm-hmm. without one for too long, and so we are finally getting down to the nuts and bolts of a proper business. Uh, and I think that's been a blessing in disguise, really, because Facebook... Uh, which is a longer form of social media, I guess, because there's words involved here, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and link sharing, things like that. Uh, the, the the ability to learn how to hone our messaging on social media has helped us a lot in crafting identity online mm-hmm. and in the shop. So, as I mentioned, we we distilled from the philosophy um, on social media too. It was an opportunity for us to put in a name and a face to Zeppelin and & Co. And mm. the constant dialogue, again, builds credibility.
0: So when you say constant dialogue, you mean having um, your followers respond to your posts and having a conversation almost. Is that what you're talking about?
1: A bit uh, through their reactions, their direct messages, how mm. many likes we get, you know, what kind of demographics we were getting. Um, seeing people walk into the store and tell them, I saw this on Facebook. Um, more importantly, rather than a marketing tool, it really was a way to speak to people. And mm-hmm. I think the key is this. It's to, uh, as, a, as a media planner, I think it's really important not to talk just about gear, uh, not to talk about specs, not all brands. It's important to talk about people. And that's what keeps people coming back Interesting. To, for more. Yeah, it's the people at the heart of this business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so ha- being able to put a name and a face to Zeppelin is something we also try to bring over to manufacturers because um, that's when I think the magic starts happen- happening. Uh, never before has have we been so empowered with social media. And so mm-hmm. the right the right uh, approach to it really yields all the potential that this platform is capable of giving us.
0: So, you know, one of the, some, no, not one of, some of the best Facebook accounts that I've seen in the, in the hi-fi world are those that show the people that work for the company. So if you get like a photo of of Joe in the warehouse Mm. or, um, you know, even, even say the person that does the accounts or whatever. So there are a, there are a couple of companies that I can think of off the top of my head. There's VPI who make turntables, PS Audio who make electronics, and they are very strong on communicating the family aspect of what they do. Mm. It's not a genetic family, it's obviously the, the company yeah, yeah. as a family and then you know sharing the different roles. And I think from a marketing point of view, that's brilliant. Mm. Because I have I have a feeling, and this is only a feeling, and maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, is that people on Facebook I guess it's not just exclusive Facebook, but we're talking about Facebook at the moment. People Mm -hmm. on Facebook like to see other people. They like to see other people using headphones or listening to speakers or things like that or packing a box that's about to be shipped out, right? Mm -hmm. Am I right about that or not?
1: No, I think you're right. Uh, And this is where we get into target audiences and the consumer base who who are reading our posts on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. we have audio files who we know where they hang out. And then in the other camp, we have everyone else. And I think that both of them demand insight into what you do. Both of them Mm. demand uh, the ability to feel like they associate with you on a personal level. But I think the the tactics to bring this story across to either the audiophile or the, the new listener is quite different, so, mm-hmm. so, so I do think that we see a lot of audiophile engagement on Facebook, but mm-hmm. if a manufacturer wants to break beyond audiophile target public, um, the opportunity is there to also talk about company culture, like you said, PS Audio do that, mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. culture and the people at the heart of the business, so. This, in turn, also lends a face and a voice to newcomers who are looking at it for the first time, and suddenly, it's not about gear or specs anymore. It's not about things they couldn't possibly understand yet. It's about Mm -hmm. um, a friendly face or a pair of hands putting together an earphone.
0: So, when I, you know, with with respect to Facebook, I often feel that I think Facebook is my most audiophile audience whereas if i move to say to instagram if we move our conversation to instagram now mm-hmm. what i find from instagram is i reach a, a slightly ever so slightly broader audience so not so many died in the wall audio files maybe a younger audience mm-hmm. um do you do you find that do you find that you can reach a, a different or as you've said before new people more through Instagram than Facebook? Or is that not the case for you?
1: Um, It's interesting you've brought this up, and I think that you've highlighted your different demographics between Facebook and Instagram just proves the point that I've noticed clearly that your Facebook page has an identity towards the Mm. audio file, perhaps, as you've mentioned, and your Instagram page draws a certain crowd, and I can look at the content that you put on Instagram and it's actually different to what you put up on Facebook. It's a lot uh, more consumable. I think it's a lot more bite-sized. Is that intentional? Mm.
0: Well, it's funny, actually. I used to, when I before I was doing this as a full-time job, I I didn't have time to do different things for different um, avenues. And actually, at the time, I think about four or five years ago, I just thought, well, I'll put it on Facebook and I'll put it on Instagram and I'll put it on Twitter. And if it's the same, whatever, it's just out through those different channels. Mm. But In the last two years, since I've lived in Germany, I've really worked hard to make sure that my Facebook and my Twitter and my Instagram have uh, uh, contained different content. So I'll put one thing on Facebook today, something completely different on Instagram and something completely different on Twitter. Mm. So that if you're following me on all three, you're not getting repetition, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is an important point, actually, is, I mean, I don't Do I want to go there yet? I guess, you know, I would, you know, to manufacturers and maybe you can. Tell me how you feel about this. I I think a manufacturer, a hi-fi manufacturer, a company, or a show organizer or whatever should be on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. No questions asked. They have to be on those things if they want to to maximize their reach. Do you at Zeppelin and Code, do you push different content out through those different platforms, social media platforms?
1: Not yet, I think, because... Uh, I think our role as a retail shop is a little different to one in the media. So we do have a consistent tone and message that is echoed across what we have right now. It's Facebook, Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, a soon-to-be-launched YouTube channel, and a website. So being run by a lady, our founder is Christy Song. Obviously, Mm -hmm. things are a little more aesthetically pleasing. Uh, Mm -hmm. You could say a little... Essentially, uh, put together from a pictorial and uh, text standpoint. Uh, Absolutely, the focus the focus is there. She will come in and she will tell us that ladies mm. have ears as well as do young people, um, as do as as anyone really who has the right to listen to music in a better mm. way. And better can mean many things, uh, but it usually starts with the experience exposing people to. These things. And so Instagram uh, is a key part as well in conveying this message, making it Mm -hmm. welcoming, making it friendly, and making it as gender neutral as possible. um, And just not intimidating people who could have a possible entrance to this hobby. Because you would hate to be the person at the end of the day who chased someone away. Mm. Yeah.
0: So you use social media channels to communicate this is part of your brand identity that you're inclusive to women and to, to younger people or also to older people just to everybody is that what you're is that what you're going for absolutely
1: so facebook and instagram have done this for us the has have built the voice of zip quite importantly and we're going to look to transfer that to the website now which is just being built i mm-hmm. think that um, the website will have a different tone. And so while we don't exactly see social media platforms as different from each other yet, I think mm-hmm. that the website is obviously going to op- occupy a different, more official voice without losing the charm and the, the approachability of our social media
0: accounts. I think it's really interesting that you, you know, you've got a store and then you guys have got a Facebook account and an Instagram account, and you've had those, and they've built your initial um, first couple of years. It's two years you've been in operation, is that right?
1: Now, but three years. About
0: three, three years. We celebrated our so, third
1: anniversary in July.
0: Oh, well, congratulations! Thank you. So you you've used social media up until this point, just social media, no website and to build your all. presence.
1: Absolutely, right? none at all. That's
0: fa- I mean, that's fascinating that you could you can do that. So you don't really need, what you're saying is you actually don't necessarily need a website anymore. You can just have social media channels to build awareness of what you're doing. Is that right?
1: Not from an academic point of view, no, absolutely not. We should have built a website up earlier, but <laughs> okay. I'm happy you're seeing the silver lining of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, our directors are kicking us, really. Look, I think that we've been lucky that social media has established people as stakeholders of ZEP. And if you're getting this very family like driven business, something that everyone has a part of, I think mm. you wouldn't be wrong. I think that through social media and then the interactions that get built upon in store, they facilitate dialogue both ways, as I've mentioned as I've mentioned. And mm. there's this sense of ownership as well uh, of ZEP being a part of the community and we do so we we've talked a lot about facebook and instagram that's one Mm. of them but let's not forget that audiophiles do hang out in forums and we're talking young tech savvy audiophiles who Mm. are on discord which is a gaming server in southeast asia i believe i'm sorry what what is it called uh discord d-i-s-c-o-r-d
0: discord okay
1: yeah it's a a gaming server so hitfi is another big advocate of sure. us and we, mm-hmm. we do depend a lot on people to shout our name as well for the good stuff. Obviously, like being famous, uh, infamous, I think mm-hmm. get you attention. But uh, it's so nice really to see Zep as being a work of the community as well. And where mm-hmm. people do give us, we try to give back a little bit, um, but it is very special. So it's not just being down to social media, uh, mm-hmm. that we've been able to survive and try after three years without a website. But it is a key contributor, that's for sure.
0: Are there any social networks in Singapore that are not used in, um, say, in the USA or Europe or Australia? Because I know that in China, there's, they have a whole bunch of their own and, and yeah. Japan does. I'm not, I'm not sure whether you guys have a, you know, like a, a locally specific social network at all.
1: No, not really. I think we are very westernized in the mm-hmm. media we consume. We are very westernized in the platforms we are on. Mm-hmm. I think that the connectivity, Singapore is extremely small. It's mm-hmm. a country of 7 million people. And I don't believe it's much bigger than Tasmania and Australia. Yeah, right. Um, so technologically, we are very empowered. The internet is fantastic everywhere you go. There's never any dropouts. There's never any point where you can't be reached on your phone, mm. um, and so we are constantly cycling through our feeds because we're pretty bored as a bunch of people, to be frank.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know, so, one yeah, we haven't really – well. I've mentioned it, but you you haven't mentioned it yet, and if, I'm going to guess you're probably you probably don't use it, and that's Twitter.
1: Mm. Not at this point. Um, just because. So. So we've seen Facebook, right? And that's Mm -hmm. one of the slower social media platforms. And then Instagram, which speeds things up. Mm -hmm. And so I used to be a sports journalist before. And when I was doing live commentary on games, I would always have Twitter running, like a ticker, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we we don't want to jump on Twitter yet because... And we would want to do something for the sake of it, and so uh, I'm afraid I, I haven't. We haven't found a way to utilize Twitter prof- properly because we couldn't populate it with the degree of content. We probably couldn't keep up with that. So no, not at this point.
0: So that's a good point, isn't it? It's you're, what you're saying is you're not on. Like, don't be on something for the sake of it, and make sure you've got something to say mm. on that platform. Otherwise, it's it's just yeah i guess it's a waste of resources really no you also i
1: think it's also a bit Mm. counterproductive because things Mm. that are put up for the sake of something look very quickly like platitudes and we don't want to lose any like trust that um, Mm -hmm. we've cultivated over time that we've worked so hard to build you know what i mean like it can get drowned out and it can get quite um, as you said tiring to look at repeated content
0: and you're, you're, you said you're working on a YouTube channel, is that right?
1: We are. Um, now, YouTube's different. So I think as a retail shop, we excel, perhaps from a manufacturer standpoint and a retail standpoint. The slower moving forms of media, social media, do work a little bit better.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I think that YouTube's a very interactive platform as well, to mm-hmm. that people can consume quite seriously.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've only been doing YouTube for a year and a half Mm -hmm. and I have found, as you probably know, is that it has exploded my presence, but Mm -hmm. also my life and my job. I mean, I spend a lot of time now, the most of my time goes into video production now. So, you know, writing and scripting and making and editing and just talking with Janra about the edit and liaising with Olaf, the cameraman and all of this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But the the leverage that has brought me to reach a, reach a new audience, new people, I, I'm absolutely gobsmacked. Now, <laughs> I guess people that have been following me for a long time know I'm know that I'm not really a fan of comment sections anymore. No, I used to have one on my website. I closed it down because it, well, it's just it mm. takes up too much of my time. I would rather put my time into con- content production right. rather than the conversation and having to like in many ways, endlessly justify my choices right? because it's done, right? It's there. So I'm happy to receive feedback and I will engage a little bit on YouTube, even though that some people's, you know, some people's feedback is great, but I would say that I encounter more rude and offensive people on, on YouTube than anywhere else.
1: Uh, I think that the comments you're making about the comment section are not to be unexpected simply because Mm. you uh, as Darko, Really invest in the opinion side of things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of opinion, you deal in opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas hopefully our YouTube channel goes unscathed because we will probably be dealing with more factual and subjective stuff. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a bread and butter of our different businesses. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that YouTube exploded your reach because Mm. while we talk about Facebook and Instagram and even Twitter to to an extent, I think that those are social media platforms in which the creator, in this case Zeppelin, goes out to look for the people. Mm -hmm. For YouTube, people actually come to Darko people who actually come for Darko, people actually will hopefully come. for That's example, a very interesting
0: point, yeah. I hadn't um, thought about it that way. You're right. Two-thirds of my views come from people who are not subscribed to my channel. Mm. So, that I mean, obviously, there's the right-hand column that feeds out, you know, the videos. So if you, you get into making videos, eventually your stuff will start to appear in that column. So if somebody's searching for, I don't know, a Focal headphone mm. or a Woo Audio headphone amplifier, Mm-hmm. If you've got content that matches that, then you'll start to appear down the right-hand column. Totally. And you're right. I think there is a far greater demand for audio-related, I hate the word content, but I'm going to have to say it, audio-related content on, um, on YouTube than any of the other social networks.
1: Yeah. I think here I th- creators on YouTube really count on the spontaneity of their target publics. Simply because people will enter stuff into the search bar, they will hop on with an intent to consume media.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And if you can create fun and engaging content and informative content in which that feels like an exchange was done and the Mm -hmm. user and the consumer walked away with something that they feel made them better, more informed, uh, I think that's just a brilliant way to build a relationship, to build a brand, to build a voice, to build credibility. Um, And it's something that I don't think Google are taking lightly at all. I think they're increasingly realizing that YouTube is a way of the future. And so is Facebook as well, because Facebook Mm -hmm. is great at allowing us to Upload videos to our existing customer mm-hmm. base, but if you want to grow, if you want to reach anyone, you've got to be on YouTube. That's a mandatory.
0: So you think that YouTube is the mandatory choice now?
1: It's, it's got to be, and I think it consumes a lot more resources than any of the other social media <laughs> platforms. Like you should yes. describe yourself, yeah, exactly, and yeah. for good reason. For good reason because mm. what's put on YouTube, there is an official officialness about it. I I think yeah. Um, it's a very it's a big statement of intent when you put together a YouTube video and you I think record what, it mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah I mean I think what I like about YouTube is you get out of it what you put into it mm-hmm. it seems it seems to be very democratic in that respect you know like I mean we work very hard to make videos that look and hopefully sound nice mm-hmm. beyond the content and that seems to have paid off that decision paid has paid off um that's not to take away from, you know, people that choose to, you know, just talk into a, a phone because they can obviously make more videos more quickly. So they make up for volume what they lack in quality. So I think yeah. they are also rewarded <laughs> as well. But it, yeah. again, it's still time. You still have to think about things. And obviously, when you're writing an article or writing a Facebook post, you can go back and hone it. But if you're making a video,
1: yep.
0: a lot more planning needs to go in,
1: yep, because in it's- beforehand. It's out. It's out, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's very easy to tell. I think when a YouTube video has not succeeded its objectives, so it's it's something that really requires a lot of concrete planning. And it's nice to mm-hmm. see that in this increasingly fast world of media, uh, the old fashioned basics and foundations are not lost. It's just moving a lot faster, and there are a lot more people getting into it. And I am happy mm-hmm. that the human race is being empowered this way. Really. Uh, it's just got to be. You've got to learn how to navigate it.
0: Yeah. Now, tell me, as somebody who's selling gear made by hi-fi manufacturers, I know it's mainly in the headphone space, but do, do you ever look at manufacturers and go, "Why aren't these people like? Why isn't this company on Instagram or why isn't this company on Facebook?" I know that most are, but some still mm-hmm. aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you do you wish that every company was on all every single platform or? Do, do you think it's, it's fine as it is?
1: Um, okay, well, we, we do hope that the brands we sell and the brands we bring into Singapore have mm. a voice and have very public figures. And I think that's unanimous across all our manufacturers, for instance, CMF Headphones, Focal, TCS, mm-hmm. um, Cayenne, Ibaso. They engage mm-hmm. in dialogue, whether on the forums or on uh, YouTube or on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, to me it's a bonus I think a manufacturer is judged at the end of the day on the work they they do so
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, the stuff they build matters a lot um, I think that attendance at shows especially can jams is fundamental that is non-negotiable Mm-hmm. And your presence cannot, you, you cannot not be there.
0: What about frequency? Like, you know, how often do you post on your social media channels?
1: Uh, that's varied, of course. Also due to imposed factors, because we are a store, we are a cafe
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that makes a lot of coffee a day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Do you, so, po- you, you,
0: you obviously post about coffee, right? We we used to a little bit more, I think. <laughs> really? <laughs> I we, so you you you've dialed it back, or
1: I don't think we should ever be distracted from the main business. Zeppelin is a headphone shop, first and foremost. Mm. The coffee is there, but it it doesn't you know take up the bulk of our attention. So mm. so we do a mix of stuff. We sometimes rehash content. We repackage stuff that we've put out before uh, we do count on new products and again hit files a lot faster both in terms of product releases and in terms of consumption so it's i guess in speakers uh, two to three pairs is the average per mm-hmm. owner but in in years well you can go from five up to ten easily per person for the enthusiast it, it escalates pretty really? quickly really yeah, like
0: so, so people come in and they'll have a collection of five, between five and ten in ear, ear monitors. Yeah,
1: absolutely, they can have up to that, and well, mm. they don't have to cost a lot. But you get the idea that there is always going to be something to write about in mm. hitfi in headphones. Mm-hmm. Just the nature of the industry, we we do try to post every day, which we are doing quite badly at, but we do keep up the conversation enough because we are aware that an online presence is really just important. The content, well, it it depends at the end of the day because when we roll something out, we try to inject a little pizzazz into things. We don't like Mm -hmm. the tedium of regular uh, posts because that turns into platitude very quickly. So it's both uh, spontaneous and reactive. It's a mix of both. And we do a lot of it uh, by feel more than we would like to admit.
0: Oh, but the, yeah, but the thing is, I, I'm the same. I, you know, a lot of the time, I'll go with a feeling because it, sometimes feelings allow you to take a risk, mm. and sometimes that risk doesn't work. But the you know the fallout's pretty benign. Mm. But sometimes it you know really pays off. I mean, on my social media channels nowadays, I ask more questions of my audience than I ever have in the past and i found that find that very informative i mean if you want to talk about engagement metrics Mm -hmm. it's very good for that Mm -hmm. but also using the poll function yes so on facebook twitter and on youtube especially where Mm -hmm. i get far more respondents than um, facebook and twitter Mm -hmm. but you you know running a poll you know which one of these do you prefer a or b that kind of thing Mm -hmm. i find very potent to really engage an audience yeah um in I guess see these are all like terms that I don't like like engaging the audience in a conversation but I guess this is the language of social media isn't it I mean if you're going to be engaging in it you have to know the language even if you don't like the words yeah it, totally. it just it just it feels a little bit tasteless but anyway you know in terms of really talking t- to an audience I think asking questions like in real life helps right it does. I mean what do you think about that
1: I think this is audio is nice because it transcends everything to be a fully functioning brand. We're not exempt to all the other conditions that other industries have. So, uh, polls to gather information. Absolutely. Again, you've you've nailed it. I think it's fundamental, especially for a manufacturers who, who doesn't have the privilege of talking to customers on a quite daily basis. Mm -hmm. As a retailer, we do that obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, this is all just the bread and butter of things as we move into an increasingly social world.
0: I mean, I can think of this, you know, like if a manufacturer is thinking about doing, I don't know, like a new edition headphone and they're thinking about doing it in red or in yeah. yellow, right. Yeah. They can, they can just go, go onto Facebook or under the YouTube poll function in the community tab and just like ask, like, which were these two do you prefer the red or the yellow and find out yeah. pretty quickly what they're, potential customers think about, you know, these color, color schemes. I think that's that's very powerful for companies, you know, trying to sell audio gear, Mm. especially if they're, you know, like you say, not engaging with their customers all the time as you are, because I mean, you have a shop to tend to. Mm. So I can see how, um, that can get in the way of social media posting.
1: I do think that manufacturers, yes, should, also, a lot of our manufacturers do have a Facebook presence or an Instagram presence. I would love to see them proactively use it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so those polls you've talked about, they, they sound golden to me. Because when someone, um, when a manufacturer thinks about releasing a color or an option or a module, they come to us as a retailer instead of, you know, polling the audience directly. I assume they poll the audience at shows, but I think there's potential to be had and and doing it online.
0: So Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with us about Zeppelin & Co.
1: Thank you, John, for having me. Happy listening, everyone.
0: What is the, what's the URL of your website, by the way?
1: Uh, zeppelinandco.com. Z-E-P-P-E-L-I-N-A-N-D-C-O.com.
0: Perfect.